set free this morning have you been to Calvary you know the Easter service should never get to where it doesn't affect us anymore if thinking that he went to that cross and it wasn't pretty like that one he went to that old rugged cross and he bore the weight of the world and those sins Think of the most tremendous pain that you have ever felt in your life and multiply it a hundred times and then add some to that. And he did that for me and he did that for you. Not the first one of us deserves it. And that's why we're here this morning to celebrate a risen Savior. He didn't stay on that cross. He rose again three days later and he lives today you'll stand with me as we sing bless his holy name because that's what we're here to do today up sing with me bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name he died for my sin we're only singing 
that chorus once. I'm sorry. For my sins, he died for my sins. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Jesus Christ is. and then we're going to welcome each other. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy Welcome somebody this morning.
I'm so glad that you're here today, and and I just I just uh, want to remind you that there rose a lamb in Jerusalem, and we have a reason to rejoice. The Bible tells us that, uh, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Uh, that's past tense, risen, but it's in perfect tense. Uh, he is risen, and, uh, and and the implications hold present as well as future. He is alive, he's risen, and we have a reason to celebrate this morning. Let's do that and give God praise today. He's alive. Amen. If that weren't the case, the Apostle Paul says, if Christ hadn't risen from the dead, then we would be men most pitiful. We'd be so sad. But, but he's alive today, and we rejoice in that. What a beautiful Lord's Day that God has made, and no day like Sunday, but especially Easter Sunday. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I welcome you to Liberty First Baptist Church, and um, also uh, those of you joining us online, I'm so glad that, that you're joining us today, and um, I'm grateful for our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we'd have no reason to celebrate, we'd have no reason to be here, but praise God, we've got a reason, and His name is Jesus, and so I rejoice in that today, and, um, and I praise His name. I just want to just share with you, we had a wonderful sunrise service this morning over at Norris First Baptist, and it's just a wonderful time to meet together and to hear the birds singing His praise and the people of God, the redeemed of God, singing His praise and singing because He lives. And, and uh, Jeremy reminded us what the Apostle Paul said, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. You're on the winning side this morning if you've placed your faith in Christ. There's no way that you can lose. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory because death has been defeated. And I give the Lord praise for that today. And I welcome you here. And um, I just want to uh, just share with you this morning, first of all, uh, those of you that are visiting with us, I hope that you received a bulletin. We have a visitor's card that's attached to our bulletin. And I ask if you would, just please take a few moments and fill that out. We'd love to get to know you better and, and to connect with you. And, and also, if any of you have any prayer requests on the back side of our visitor's card, is a prayer request section, and uh, we'd be honored to pray with you about whatever request that you might have, and uh, prayer makes a difference, and we'd love to pray with you about whatever request you have. Even if you list unspoken, we know that God knows the need. Now, I want to share with our men, there's a couple of things that I'm excited about. Uh, on Wednesday mornings at 4.30 in the morning, that's right, 4.30 in the morning, uh, men, we're going to have a, uh, a prayer uh, meeting, prayer gathering together on Wednesday mornings at 4.30. Now you say, well, that, that's early. Well, I know some of you get up early and have to be at work early. So I invite all you men to come and join us on Wednesday mornings at 4.30. Listen, if Jesus can rise from the dead, then we can rise from the bed. Amen? And so uh, what a great way to start off our Wednesdays. We're going to be praying for the lost and other requests. Uh, we'll also be praying for any requests that we receive here in our worship service. So, men, I just invite uh, you to come and join us starting this Wednesday morning at 4.30. AM. Also, men, on April the 30th, we're going to have a fish fry. So um, I encourage you to come. It's going to be a great time together, great fellowship at 6 o'clock on uh, April 30th. That's two weeks from yesterday. And we've got a prayer or, or a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center. So, men, if you'll sign up, bring a friend. Just want to remind you about that. And um, I'm, I'm so glad that we're here today. I'm grateful uh, to see Aaron Whitmire up there running the sound for us. Appreciate uh, him and, and Cindy and, and all those, all that they do. And uh, we're going to be praying for Aaron here in, in just a moment but, um, uh, after the service. But, uh, but I welcome all of you here today. And uh, it's wonderful to be together. And I'm grateful for the victory that's ours through Jesus. There's no 
There's nothing in this world that can provide for us the peace and the joy that knowing the Lord Jesus can. And it's my prayer, if you don't know of that peace and joy, that today, this Easter Sunday, would be the day where you come to know that by faith in Christ. Let today be the day of salvation. That's why he came, to die for our sin. And praise God, three days later, by the power of God, got up and walked out of the grave. And we have victory because of that today. So uh, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. And uh, this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer, uh, please remember those that are, that are shut in, uh, not able to be with us. We want to remember them in prayer. Those that have upcoming surgeries, procedures, and, and um, also Miss Latrell Crocker. Uh, she's over at Easley Hospital. I saw her yesterday, and, and she looked great. I know that they uh, have some meetings and, and, uh, with the doctors about some test results and things, but uh, just continue to pray for Latrell. We want to do that this morning. As I mentioned, Aaron Whitmire as well. Continue to pray uh, for Aaron and, and for their family. And Mr. Frank Kolb is here this morning. And uh, so we welcome you, brother. So good to see you. And I'm glad that you're back here with us this morning. Amen. When we say to God be the glory, great things he has done, that's, that's one of them right there. We're grateful to have you with us uh, today, Brother Frank, and, and all of you. Uh, it's great to be together to worship the Lord. And I want to invite those of you who would, uh, come and join us around the altar this morning. Whatever request that you might have, whatever you might be anxious about, you know, whatever it might be, whatever might be still in your joy, I encourage you to come and gather around the altar this morning. Let's give it to God, and let's ask for God's help and for God's blessing here today. Let's pray together. Our gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, the name above all names. And we rejoice today for the victory that's ours. We know, Lord, that you are now seated at the right hand of the Father. Even now, as we pray and call on your name, we know that you hear our prayers, our great high priest, and you're praying for us. We thank you for that. We're so undeserving of your grace and all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. We thank you for the hope and the peace and the joy of the Lord. And God, I just pray today that you'll help us. Lord, whatever anxieties and whatever, whatever difficulties, whatever struggles may be represented among us today, I pray that we would look to you. And God, that you would deal with it, God, and that you would replace our anxieties with the peace of God that passes all understanding. Lord, where else can we turn? Where else can we look? There's no one else, nobody else that can do for us what you can. The same one that rose Lazarus from the dead, the same one that defeated death, hell, and the grave and is alive forevermore. God, we look to you. We ask for your help and for your strength today. Lord, I'm so inadequate. We all are. We fall so short. We're so limited. But Lord, you're unlimited. You're all-powerful. And we thank you, Lord, for who you are. You're in control. You're on the throne. And may we look to you today and ask for that help, for strength that only you can give. And Lord, I pray for Miss Latrell, and I ask God that you would touch her. We pray for uh, her family as well. Help her, Lord, during this time while she's there in the hospital. Pray for the doctors as well. And those that have upcoming procedures, God, we ask for your mercy and for your healing touch. And Lord, I just pray today that, God, that you would speak. We'd hear from you today. God, that your work would be done in our hearts and lives. It might mean salvation to some. It might mean giving things over to you and making commitments today that we might walk closer with you. Whatever it might be, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we'll hear from you. God, that you will work and change us from the inside out for your glory. 
May you be exalted today, we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. This will be our offertory hymn. If you're following in your hymnal, it's 160, Low in the Grave He Lay.
be? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. tears from broken dreams and wasted years until the past to disappear let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could who can work it all out your good let me tell you about my Jesus he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life take my cross to calvary pay the price for all my guilty who would care that much about me let me tell you about my jesus makes a way where there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life Amen. You know, the good news is too good to keep to ourselves. The greatest news of all is what Jesus did for us and what Jesus did for you. And he came and 
He died in our place. He paid a debt that you and I owed that we could have never paid. We could spend a lifetime trying to earn it and be good enough, but the Bible says that at our best, we're as filthy rags unto the Lord. There's only one way, and that's Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And, and if, if we're going to have everlasting life, it's not going to be by what we did or what we do, but it's totally in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he died for you some 2,000 years ago, came all the way from glory, and uh, ultimately went to the cross and endured uh, death on the cross, despising the shame, did it all for you and me, and praise God, paid the price with his own blood. He paid it all, and then he defeated death, hell, and the grave three days later. And I'm just rejoicing. I pray, yeah, let, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you how he rose uh, from the grave. And I appreciate the message of that song so much. And we need to share that story with others. I pray that we have gospel conversations like that, that we share it with coworkers and with uh, those that we go to school with and those that we interact with in community and, and our neighbors that we live beside. Uh, what a great story, the sweet story that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I pray that we won't keep that to ourselves. Let's share that. And uh, this morning, I want to preach to you a message entitled, Jesus is the Resurrected Savior and Lord. And somebody said, Amen. Praise God for that. Luke chapter 24, we're going to be looking at the first 12 verses. You know, some questions carry more weight than others. One of the weightiest questions, are you ready for it? One of the weightiest questions is this. What do you believe about Jesus' empty tomb? Think about that. What do you believe about Jesus' empty tomb? Is Jesus, if he really did arise from the dead, we have to come to terms with all that he said. And the scriptures are clear that Jesus is the resurrected Savior and Lord. Ultimately, the empty tomb gives us hope for the future, both now and in all eternity. If Jesus had not risen, none of us would have any hope at all. I mean, imagine that this morning. If we got up this morning and we didn't know if Jesus arose or, or we knew that he didn't arise. Imagine that. What if Jesus had not gone to that old rugged cross? Think about that. We would be hopeless and we would be eternally down. But let me ask you a question. What difference does Jesus' resurrection make in your life? Because we know that he came and that he died. And that three days later, he's not in the tomb. Uh, Jeremy Merck, pastor at NARS First, when he began uh, this morning with the, uh, the sunrise service, um, he, he was talking about uh, the fact that, that when you go to the tomb of Jesus, that his remains are not there. And he is alive and he is resurrected. And that changes everything. You know, here in this passage, Luke the historian walks us through the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Jewish ruling council, had not agreed with the Sanhedrin's decision to seek Jesus' death. And so after Jesus' death, Joseph boldly approached the Roman governor for permission to take Jesus' body. And so he received permission. He and Nicodemus took Jesus' body to a, a tomb Joseph had prepared for himself. After a stone sealed the tomb's entrance, they walked away solemnly. Think about how depressing and how sad that it was when Jesus died about 3 o'clock on Friday. Darkness covered the land, and there the lifeless body of Jesus, and the disciples went away in hiding, and, and, and it just seemed that all hope was lost, and it seemed like that it was over. 
Well, a group of women watched and took note of the location so that they could return later. Uh, they couldn't go on the Sabbath. The law didn't prevent that, so they, they waited till the Sabbath was over. They prepared burial spices and then rested in observance of the Sabbath. The disciples, they were hidden behind closed doors. The city was quiet and the tomb was silent all day Saturday. And so here in uh, chapter 24, the focus is on the tomb as the women returned to find it empty. <laughs> they were told by two angels that Jesus was raised and they should spread the news. Luke made it clear that there was amazement and there was astonishment at the resurrection of Jesus, and rightly so. So people live and die, but Jesus died and lived. <laughs> Praise God this morning that He is alive. The resurrection of Jesus obviously has massive implications. Imagine what would have happened if that weren't the case, if Jesus didn't die and if He didn't arise from the tomb. But the tomb is empty. And that changes everything. And that's what I want us to see this morning. There's no way for the disciples and the women at the tomb to go back to their former lives in Galilee. Why? Because the resurrection changed everything. And to God be the glory. So look with me this morning in, uh, in Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 12, as, uh, as we uh, begin in verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they... And certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed at the, about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid, bowed their faces to the earth. They said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to be, to them like idle tales and they did not believe them but Peter arose and ran to the tomb and stooping down he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and he departed marveling himself at what had happened Heavenly Father oh Lord we thank you so much for what we have just read in your word that is true and God I pray that as it changed everything for the women and the apostles Lord as we come to terms with the fact that you are alive God, that you have risen. Lord, I pray that it would change us. God, that we would reaffirm the power of the resurrection this morning. Help it to change us, Lord Jesus. We ask in your precious name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, I want us to see, first of all, in verses 1 through 5, that the return, that changed everything. The women returned to the tomb. The women went to the tomb, and they you know, went to prepare uh, the body of Jesus with spices and ointments. The spices which they prepared would, com would, be, would just kind of complete the burial uh, process. And it was kind of their last act of love that they could do for Jesus before they returned to their normal lives. The women would have expected to return to their homes. The apostles would have returned to their fishing boats or, or other vocations. These women arrived prepared for one thing but ended up encountering another 
uh, that they were unprepared for. And I want you to know this morning, what they encountered changed everything. Not only then, but each day since. Today, even in 2022, and for days, uh, years to come, until the trumpet sounds, until Jesus comes again into all eternity, oh, it changes everything this morning. Mark 16, verse 3 tells us that as they headed toward the tomb, they asked, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? You know, these problems, they're beginning to think about, you know, how they're going to have access to the tomb. Who's going to take care of this for us? Well, verse 2 states that they found the stone in Mark 16, rolled away from it. When they entered the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Not what they had expected. I'm sure a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and questions. They were probably even angry. All of these emotions was going through their mind. The wording that included found and find in verses 2 through 3 emphasizes that this discovery was unexpected. Notice this. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Verse 3, they went and, and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. This was unexpected. And it highlights the resurrection affirmed Jesus' lordship and divinity. How could he have done this? Well, Jesus is Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He is our Savior to all who believe. And he came and he arose in victory. So the women arrived at the tomb of Jesus and did not find, find it as they expected. The large wheel-like stone used to seal the entrance of the tomb. It had been rolled away. But how? A guard of Roman soldiers guarded the tomb. How did this happen? Well, well, Luke didn't address this, but Matthew chapter 28 explained that an angel of the Lord came from heaven and shook the ground with an earthquake to roll back the stone. And this event so shocked the Roman soldiers that the Bible says they fell as dead men with fear. Can you just imagine this awesome display of the power of God as, as the ground shook and the, the stone had rolled away by the power of God? Because the soldiers were unconscious, the arriving women found the burial cave unguarded and open, meeting no opposition. The women pushed aside any fears that they had, and they entered the tomb. What they found once they stepped in the cave must have created even more emotions and more thoughts, dismay, and puzzlement, anger, fear, anxiety. I'm sure grief hit them all at once as they they found the, the, the stone was rolled away and they walked in and, and, and the body of Jesus was not there. While the women were still coming to grips, the unsettling scene, there were these two beings who had the appearance of two men who came and stood by them. Notice with me in, uh, in verse 4. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? What, what a question. I'm sure that the, these, these women, you know, they, they're, not, they're not understanding anything here. And then here's these two, and we know that they were angels, that's, that's telling them that they're seeking the, the living among the dead. No, no, we know that Jesus indeed died on Friday. We, we watched as they brought 
his body as Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus brought the body of Jesus we watched and we know we saw that he was indeed dead and yet you're saying that he is alive imagine the, the, the questions that they must have had everything in Luke's description points in the direction of their being supernatural uh, appearance these men these angels that were sent by God the manner in which they appeared they just showed up out of nowhere and they're shining garments. Now the word shining is the same word used to describe brightness and uh, lightning flash elsewhere in Scripture. This is a supernatural, powerful work of God. These, these men were angels sent from heaven by God to be messengers. That's what angels are. They're messengers of God. And often we find that in Scripture. And so here they are sharing the truth with these, with these women because they needed answers because nothing is making sense. Everything that they are encountering is not what they were expecting. So they're, they're, they're being startled at the arrival and, and blinded at the appearance and supernatural knowledge makes it clear that these were two angels. Also Matthew and John, uh, their accounts referred to these two as angels. The women, as, as we can understand, they were terrified as we all can imagine, especially since the body of Jesus was missing. Now, obviously, we would, we would assume that somebody had come and, and, and robbed the tomb and stole away the body of Jesus. All these questions. The, the question from the angel, though, was astounding. <laughs> and I just love this. Why seek the living among the dead? Wow. They couldn't ignore that question despite their fear. So they bowed down their faces to the ground. So the return to the tomb turned out unexpected and they were terrified as we can understand this morning so that leads us to what the angel said to them notice this in uh, verses uh, 5 through 8 and this is where we remember what do we remember well the angel shared with the women to remember what remember what Jesus said remember let me just say this anytime we are fearful anytime we're terrified anytime we need Answers like the women at the tomb that morning. It's always good to remember what God says. And right here we have the completed Word of God. The answers are right here. I don't know what you may face and what's, what's going on in your life and the difficulties and the fears and anxieties, all that, that you may be enduring right now. We need to remember the Word of God. Well, I mean, we need to remember uh, verses of Scripture like Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to God's purpose. All things, not some things, not, not only the good things, but even the bad things, the things that we don't understand. Like the women going to the tomb and, and, and they, were, they were just unexpected things and occurrences that was taking place. And, and they had fear and, and maybe anger and all of this. And if we experience that, we need to remember God's word. That keeps us in the right perspective. Because I don't know about you, but this old imagination right here, man, I'll just assume the worst every time. And I'll begin to head in the wrong direction. And I begin to think about why this is happening and why that's happening. And, and the circumstances may not make sense. And I begin to, to just go further and further away from the truth. But you know what the Word of God does? When we remember God's Word, it begins to bring us back where we need to be. What does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Remember His Word. Acknowledge Him. 
pray, seek the Lord, and then we'll be back right in track. If we, if we trust God and lean on God and acknowledge Him, then He will direct our paths every time. He'll keep us on the right path. What about us this morning? Do we remember God's Word? I mean, here are these women. We can understand all that they had just witnessed, the events of Jesus and, and how Jesus was, was uh, beaten upon and, and, and how He was crucified and all the events. He didn't even look human. There He was, treated like a common criminal on the cross and, and He was dying and He shed His blood and, 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 and the, they pierced His side with the, with the spear, the sword, and, and blood and water flowed. He was indeed dead and, and I'm sure that when you think of all the, the events the tragic events and, and, and how these, these women were, were coming to grips with that I'm sure that, that remembering what Jesus said was not really something that was on their hearts and minds because of all that they witnessed and sometimes when we go through things we don't understand folks we, we just have blurred vision we can't think straight you know what I'm talking about but I'm grateful that God is faithful and I'm grateful that we can remember the word so the angels then immediately reminded them about what Jesus had said. Like in Revelation 22, 8 and 9, we're reminded about how angels, they don't desire and shouldn't desire to be worshipped. So, so these ladies, what did they do? The angel were there, why well, seek the living among the dead and, and, and the, the, you know, the, the, how they were shining and their appearance. And so they just bowed down in, as an act of worship. Well, the angels refused to accept worship because it only belongs to God. And remember, in, in uh, Revelation 22, 8 and 9, the angel said, when the apostle John bowed down and worshiped at the feet of the angel, the angel said, don't do that, pretty much. I serve God just as you do. Worship God. Now, we know, we know Lucifer, the fallen angel, and all the demons, they desire to be worshiped, but not the real angels of God. They embrace and accept what they were created for and that was to be messengers of God and to serve God so here are these angels as, as, the, as the women are bowing down to worship them uh, they immediately begin to ask the question why are you seeking the, the, the living among the dead he is not here but he is risen verse 6 so to fully grasp this the women were not told to just take their word for it even though they personally witnessed this for themselves and, and knew it to be true, they were reminded to remember the words of Jesus as Jesus was not silent about what he came to do and what would happen. So look with me in verse uh, 7. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Now that's what Jesus had taught. Jesus had made that clear. But the disciples and the women did not remember that. So the angel is being sent by God to share with them the truth. Not necessarily anything new, but just remind them what Jesus had already said. And we do ourselves well to remember the Word of God. And, um, and so we need to remember what God has said. God's Word is true. God's Word will guide us, and God's Word will give us perspective. And that's what these women needed. They needed the truth, and that's what the angels reminded them, the truth of what Jesus said. We need to remember God's Word. God's Word will, will always bring help. It will always bring guidance, and it will always bring strength every time. They remembered the words of Jesus. Have you experienced that lately? Maybe there's something going on in your life. Maybe, maybe there's even some bitterness about some things that, that you don't understand, and 
and, uh, and maybe there's even a sense of anger at God. You know, how do you deal with things and, and difficulties and sorrows in life? Let me encourage you to remember the Word of God. You know, like, like the Apostle Peter who went running to the tomb. The Apostle Peter uh, shared that we need to cast all our care on Him. Talking about Jesus. Why? Because He cares for us. Isn't that a good reminder? That's what the Word of God says. Cast, like a fisherman literally throws and casts their nets. Peter gives us a wonderful picture there of how we're to do the same with our fears and anxieties. Let's cast them on the Lord. Let's not hold on to them anymore. Let's cast them on the Lord. And if we'll take God at His Word, we'll find peace and joy and victory and strength. Remember the Word of God. So the declaration was about the empty tomb, the risen Lord, and also a sure witness. And I want us to see in verses 9 through 12 that they were told to report the good news of Jesus. The women moved from terror to remembrance, remembering Jesus' words, to finally reporting. Reporting what? The good news that they were experiencing, that they knew to be true. How could they not report such good news? <laughs> I mean, my question for us this morning is when's the last time that we shared the good news of Jesus to others we need to share it we need to brag on Jesus we need to we need to tell people about our Jesus because he's real he's alive he is truly the way the truth and the life and he will give meaning and purpose in life that anyone cannot find in this world do we know that to be true this morning have that has that been our experience because if it is man it's too good to keep to ourselves. Let's share it with others. We need to report the good news. Just like the women were told to report the good news, we need to share it as well. Imagine the women, after experiencing this, knowing that Jesus was alive. Imagine them just kind of walking away ho-hum and just like, okay, that's great, good. And then just go back to my... No, it wasn't that way. Because the resurrection of Jesus is real and it's true and it changed everything. And let me just ask us this morning, has it changed everything for us? What about it? The resurrection of Jesus. Oh, listen, we ought to tell somebody. We ought to share the good news. I just wonder, when, when something great happens in our life or, or something great happens in our kid's life, do we keep it to ourselves? Whatever it might be. No. So, you know, successes and, and, uh, and, and awards and, and, and exciting things, we don't keep it to ourselves. I just, some of y'all may know, I had the awesome experience last night of going down to uh, the Atlanta Braves Stadium and Liberty High School baseball team uh, they, they did a fundraiser for the Braves selling uh, uh, Braves tickets for three games in June and so kind of the reward from that was you know they were going to get to play at Truist Park and and um, and so when I was contacted you know that that I had the opportunity to to announce because I announced the the games at, at Liberty um, I, I thought wow you know absolutely I'll, I'll be there and, and and when I walked in to that press box there uh, there, was a, there was a picture when the elevator opened in the press box. There's a picture on the wall of Skip Carey, Ernie Johnson, and Pete Van Weeren. And I just I couldn't help but go back to when I was a boy in 1982 when Dale Murphy and, and Rafael Ramirez and Claudel Washington and Bob Horner and, and, and all these guys when I was playing Little League Baseball. I remembered that, and I remembered hearing them call the games, and, 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 and they're all gone on to glory now. And I, and I thought about... I, just, I was just so moved with emotion. I just couldn't, there's a sense of awe. Here I am, and I'm sitting, so to speak, where the big boys sit. You know, it was just, just in awe of all of that. And, and I remember sitting there, and there's that big old microphone, 
and you look and you can see the, 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 the massive field, the big screen and all this kind of stuff. And when the, the brave staff, the lady uh, pointed at me and said, they're ready. And I knew it was go time. And my hands were going like this. And I thought, man, I don't want to sound like Elmer Fudd. And, and I, don't, I don't want to say something stupid, you know. And, uh, and I said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And to hear that reverberate throughout the stadium, it was just a sense of, of amazement. Do you think I kept that to myself? No. Man, some of y'all probably saw it on social media because as soon as I had the chance, the, the other PA from the other team was, was talking to me and I'm just putting, I'm wanting to share it. Why? Because it was good news. It was exciting. Once in a lifetime. I'll probably never get that opportunity again. And, and so, you know, we share things. We share good, well, well, think about it. The greatest thing that we can share, they asked me, they said, do you want to do uh, the pregame prayer? And I said, absolutely, I want to do the pregame prayer. And I prayed in Jesus' name. I thank God for his great love that we celebrate here at Easter time. And uh, what, what an opportunity. Of all the things that I shared at Truist Park, that right there is the one that will change somebody's life and set somebody free because Jesus is, let me tell you about my Jesus. Are we having gospel conversations? If, if we really know him and we think about all that he's done for us, listen, we can't keep it to ourselves. Let's share it with our family. Let's share it with our coworkers. Let's share it with those that we go to school with because here's the reality. Every person that we come in contact with, they're either lost or saved. Every person that we rub elbows with, that we interact with, they're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. We all deserve hell. But Jesus went to hell so we wouldn't have to. When he was on the cross, we were on his mind. From about noon to 3 o'clock on Friday, as Jesus was, was bearing our sin on the cross. And it got as, as, as dark as, as, as midnight. There he was on the cross. And the Father judged his only son. It should have been you and me, but he died in our place. And the devil on Saturday thought he had had the victory. But wait a minute. There's an earthquake. There's a rumbling. The stone is rolled away. And Jesus got up and walked out of the tomb. Up from the grave, he arose. And all God's people said, Amen. Praise God. We have the victory. Why do we keep it to ourselves? I don't want to offend anybody. What? <laughs> Listen, there is an offense to it. But it's too good not to share. If people only knew, they might mock and laugh at us. And, and uh, they might even call us judgmental. But, but our part is to just be faithful to share. Listen, it's not my work. It's not your work. It's God's work. And so we just are faithful to share the facts about what God is doing and has done in us. And we leave the results up to God. Let's not keep it to ourselves. And so that was the news to the, to the women was, go report the good news. Notice with me in verse 9. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. And then we're told that it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Now think about this. The angel said, go tell. Go report. And what did they do? They did it. Well, we're, we've been given the great commission. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. We, we have a commission from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we're to go, that we're to make disciples. That is, we're to tell them all things that Jesus taught. Share the truth about the Lord Jesus. Are we going? And really, uh, the tense of that word go in the Great Commission is as you're going. It's, it's not necessarily a commandment to go. The commandment is to make disciples. 
the word go means that, that we uh, that it's assumed that we're going to go. I mean, we're going to go. We're not going to stay. These, these women, they went and they reported. They did what they were told to do. And so following their encounter, the two angels, the women, they hurried back to the place where the disciples were staying. And when they arrived, they told all things to the eleven and to the rest. Now, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 7, state that the angels ordered the women to go and to tell the news quickly to the disciples. One of the surprises of the Gospel accounts is that the first proclaimers of Jesus' resurrection were who? Women. Not the apostles. This is remarkable since Judaism in the first century A.D. did not permit women to even serve as witnesses. We might wonder, why God chose the first ones to declare Jesus' resurrection to be women, including Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, as the first proclaimers of the incredible news, the greatest news of all of Jesus' resurrection. Maybe God did this to affirm the value of all individuals, women as well as men, in his plan. However, the apostles' first reaction was not one of immediate acceptance. <laughs> and, and, and I know we can, we can be hard on the disciples, but folks, if we would have witnessed what they witnessed, and they saw what they saw, I mean, as, that's a beautiful cross right there, but as it's already been pointed out, it was a brutal cross. It was a bloody cross. It was the old rugged cross of Calvary that was intended to be a cruel, embarrassing, slow, painful, agonizing death there in, in public. To use, the Romans used the crucifixion as an example. Those criminals, others would see them suffering and it would motivate them to be sure that they didn't do the same. And there is the sinless Son of God, totally innocent. He died for you and for me. And they saw Him as He was beaten and as he was battered, nailed to the cross. They witnessed that. We know that he was carrying the cross, but he couldn't carry it all the way because he had been, all that he had endured, the physical suffering, but not only that, the, the spiritual suffering. Jesus died for you and me, and the apostles saw that. And so they went away hiding. They probably were fearing their lives, thinking that they were next. And so remembering what Jesus said, and even believing the fact that he could possibly live after all of that? No way. They saw that he, and he definitely died. And, and they witnessed that. And so we, we probably would have been the same. And so these, these women are reporting to them. But look at verse, uh, verse 11. And their words, talking about the words of the women, seemed to be like idle tales. And they did not believe them. You know, the, the apostles were like, y'all were stretching things and y'all were just... You know, saying things that's just tales. There's no way that this can be true. But then Peter, I love Peter. <laughs> Peter got up and he ran to the tomb and stooping down he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and he departed marveling to himself at what had just happened. Can't you just imagine the women's voices cracking with excitement and their faces still glowing with the effects of the angelic encounter and the good news that they had heard. It's like, we've got some good news and we want to share it, but they, it seemed too good to be true. Plus, we have to add to it that the only, only women making these claims that Jesus was alive, it just it wasn't 
you know, normal in, in that day, and it just seemed too good to be true. It's just hard to believe. Verse 12, uh, is at least one of the apostles could not brush off the women's story. What if it was true? <laughs> Peter's like, i got to go see for myself. Simon Peter was struck deeply by the report from the women that he was hearing. He still bore the, the guilt of denying Jesus three times in the hours before the crucifixion. So he got up and he ran to the tomb. Could it be true? Is it possible that what these women are sharing is true? Oh, I'm sure Peter wanted it to be true. In John's account, Peter wasn't the only one running, out, running back to check on the women's report. John went with Peter and actually outran Peter to the tomb. They had a foot race to the tomb and got to see for themselves. And Luke records that when Peter looked inside the tomb, he saw only the linen cloths. John's gospel adds that the head cloth was folded and lying separate from the other burial cloths. I think that was intentional. This would su suggest that the, the wrappings were removed in a deliberate, unhurried way. Intentionally folding that to say, is done and I'm coming again <laughs> what was clear from Peter's visit to the tomb was that Jesus' body was not in the tomb where was it? Peter did not know so Peter went home wondering and amazed at what was come to pass at this point only faith in the words he heard Jesus speak earlier and also the testimony of the women would guide Peter to accept the truth that Jesus was alive I just want you to know faith is the key word. Peter had faith. We must have faith today. Without faith, there's no hope. Do you believe this morning? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Faith in Jesus means that we trust Him today as the resurrected and living Lord. We can be confident in declaring the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus' resurrection foreshadows all believers' resurrection. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus was the first fruits of those that live. Those that believe and trust in Christ, that means that they will follow also. There's many to come. Jesus believed, or, or we believe in Jesus, and we die by faith in Christ, we'll also live. And that's the good news. We have victory. Place your faith in the greatest declaration the world has ever known. A declaration from God Himself the empty tomb, the declared Lord, and the sure witness, and how the women were told to report and to share the good news. Do you know Jesus today? Have you trusted Him? Have you placed your faith in Him, dealt with your sin by believing, listen, my sin, I can't, I can't save myself. I can't deal with it myself. The only way my sin can be effectively dealt with is by the blood of Jesus that washes it away. The blood that was shed on that old rugged cross some 2,000 years ago. Have you placed your faith in Him, trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe that three days later, just like the angel from heaven said, why seek the living among the dead? He is risen. He is not here. Do you believe that this morning? If so, to God be the glory because you have everlasting life. But what about others this morning? Are you kind of unsure about this? I mean, have you intentionally said yes to Jesus and placed your faith in Christ? I'm going to ask every head bowed and every eye closed. Our musicians are coming forward. And I just ask that there be no 
moving around. This is such a powerful, sacred moment right now as, as we come to terms with reality that Jesus died for our sin and that he arose on that third day. And only through Jesus do we have everlasting life. And so if you're here this Easter Sunday morning, is God speaking to your heart right now? If so, if you have that desire to let's just nail it down and let's trust Christ and know that we have everlasting life. If you have that desire, God is speaking to your heart. Would you pray with me this prayer in your heart? Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm guilty of my sin. But I believe that you died in my place. And right now, I place my faith in you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you arose on that third day, giving me life and victory. Thank you for saving me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? If you played, prayed to receive Christ, why don't you come this morning? Share it with me, the greatest news ever. The best day of your life is right now that you receive Jesus. Come and share it with me. I want to pray with you and celebrate with you. As, as Donna leads, would you come this morning? Come on, right now. Step out right now. Would you come? Jesus to Calvary did go. His love for mankind to show. What he did there brought hope from despair. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he ask our musicians if they'll continue to play you know that song is so true oh how he loves you and me he died for you what about it this morning have we trusted him do we know right now as we stand in this place on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning do we have the assurance that we've dealt with our sin and that we're going to heaven and we have everlasting life do we all have that assurance if not let's go ahead and take care of that right now today is the day of salvation. And I encourage you to come. I'd love to pray with you. But if you know and you have that assurance that you are saved, are we telling others about it? Do we truly believe? Because if we believe, then we're going to live it and we're going to share it. How does our life show that we believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Has it changed you? The altar is open. Maybe this morning you just want to come and commit a fresh and anew on this Easter Sunday that I'm going to share Jesus and I'm going to live it out. Would you do that? They're going to play through another verse. And whatever God's telling you to do, I encourage you to come right now. Don't delay. Let's get right with God and do business with God this morning.
Amen. Are you glad this morning Jesus gave his life? He loves you this morning. And maybe that's what someone needs to be reminded of this morning more than anything, is that God loves you. He proved his love when Jesus came and died on the cross. And then we have victory because he arose. He didn't only die, but he arose. He's alive. We don't serve a dead God. <laughs> we serve a risen, living Savior. And I'm telling you, he's coming again. What if that trumpet were to sound this week? Are we ready? Are we ready for him when he comes again? I pray that every, every person here this morning, those watching online, that we will have the assurance that we are ready. We've trusted him. And that when that trumpet sounds, we're going to go meet him in the air. What a day, glorious day that that's going to be. I'm grateful for that. I'm going to ask uh, the Whitmire family if y'all would come forward. Um, Aaron is, is on his way down. And, and um, Aaron had a tough week last week. And, and, and I remember I was back in the vestibule last Sunday. And Aaron uh, was back there. Uh, he, he was ringing the bell, letting the community know it's time for worship. Ringing the bell. And he come out of there with a big smile on his face. And, and, uh, but he had a tough week this week. And, um, and I'm grateful that uh, they, you know, they've been to the hospital and, and to specialists and, and running tests and, and, and all of this. And, um, and I'm so thankful uh, for that. And I'm grateful that, that Aaron's here today and, and is, is able to be here. But here's what I want to ask us to do. Um, we want to uh, pray for Aaron this morning as a church family. And if you're physically able and you'd like to join us, I know we all can't uh, fit right here. But uh, if we'll just uh, touch hands or touch, not touch hands, touch elbows. Or this is a, this is not an elbow. This is a shoulder. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. If we'll just uh, make contact with somebody that's touching Aaron and and this wonderful uh, family here as as they go through this, uh, we want to lift them up and we want to pray for them. And ultimately, we believe that God is faithful and God is able. And so I believe in the power of prayer. So I appreciate uh, y'all coming this morning. And uh, Aaron, we love you and and pray that God will will just give you grace and strength uh, through all of this, and that God will give you peace and. And uh, Jennifer and Gabe, all of you, he'll give you peace and comfort uh, during this time. And you're not alone. Every step you take, God is right there with you. Y'all believe that this morning? Amen. Amen. So I encourage you, those of you that would like to come, let's gather around this family and let's call on God. This is how we fight our battles right here uh, together, uh, praying and lifting each other up to the Lord in prayer. So we'll take a few moments to gather. If you're visiting with us, please hang around, pray with us, and uh, we'd love to fellowship with you uh, after the service. God. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we call on your name. We acknowledge that you're the great creator. God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And Lord, we are limited. But God, you're unlimited. You're the great physician. Lord, we know that you are faithful with Aaron and with this wonderful family. Lord, Every step they take, we know that you are in control. And I pray that you will comfort them with that right now. We as believers in Christ, we agree together, Lord, that you are faithful and that you are able. And Lord, your word tells us that uh, those that are sick, to call them, uh, call the leaders of the church together and, and to pray over them. And that's what we want to do right now. We want to pray for Aaron. We just want to take you at your word. And we lift Aaron up to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified. God, we pray that you will touch and bring healing 
Lord, if there's a transplant, whatever needs to take place, God, you know it all. And I pray, God, that you would work it out. God, that you will help Aaron, give him strength. And, and we pray for Jennifer and pray for Gabe and for this family, God. We lift them up to you. And I pray that you'll open doors, God, that you would touch. Lord, I pray for the doctors and the specialists and the, all that minister to Aaron, God, that you would give them the wisdom that they need. And we just again, Lord, lift them up to you. We ask you for help right now, Lord Jesus. And we pray for your healing touch. Go with them now. Help them as only you can. And we give you praise. We give you thanks in advance for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you.